Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort, ride by ride, land by land, park by park, to determine which is better. You gotta fix that. (laughs) I don't know how. Uh, Greater good of humanity, elusive question, yada yada. Today, we are going to talk about, this is our... Uh, this is our pre-show pandemonium. Ooh. And we are going to take break down the top 32 pre-shows across all resorts to decide which is the best pre-show in all Disney parks in North America. That is what this is. This is fit round one to the Sweet 16. Round two will be our second release in March. Joining me, as always, to discuss is Dan. Hi, I'm Dan, and I am still fungible he's back from his he he was on assignment last time we talked to chris smith um and we also have eric i did talk to chris smith yeah we did i wasn't on assignment i was on assignment i was right to talk to 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 chris that's right uh it was a fun episode dan did you get a chance to listen to it i did have a chance to listen to it um i was i i think it's cute that you say that i was on assignment i kind of Mm -hmm. was i was also Um, uh, we, we moved, uh, dad into a home and that was a lot of, uh, drama and weirdness, but luckily I was also at Disneyland and, um, had the best coping strategy known to man. And you, he was moved into a a home specifically for memory. Yes. It is a memory community. And you weren't being a bad son by being at Disneyland because you're not allowed to go for a while. You're right. Right. And it was, it was a little bit messy, but everything is fine. Now, for now, as you, people know, Alzheimer's is a terrible disease. And one of the reasons I'm talking about it is to normalize an experience that I'm learning a lot of people have and just don't talk about. Right. Mm, yeah. And do you do you know at what point you'll be able to go visit or is that not predetermined? We my sister and I are going to be visiting next weekend. So hopefully you don't have any uh, recordings planned for that. I don't think we do because okay. we will have just released Scraping the Vault. Yeah, we talked about Encanto. Yes. And so, yes, Chris, I'm sorry I couldn't be there, um, uh, but it wouldn't have been good for me to be there. So I don't think he was a listener before, but I think he is now. Mm. He certainly might be. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I, I like I think we ended that episode as actual friends. Yeah, I think you're <laughs> right. And that was genuine, too. It was He's a cool dude. I got to get him on ears up, but then he might talk not talk to us anymore. We'll see. And yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to the episode and I have more thoughts about the discussion about Disney World um, that I think we'll get into in into after hours. And it didn't Tune necessarily come after hours. right. It didn't necessarily come from listening to the show. I think it came from listening to the show and not being able to interject a more like West coast perspective. And it was, it, it was the show that it needed to be, but it was also that plus some conversations I've had and some observations I've had over the years has led me to a place where I'm a little bit frustrated with how Disney world kind of is the de facto better one in people's minds. I mean, outside of this podcast, Mm -hmm. Um, but Anyway, we can get into that where well, I can even swear. when we talked about the well, we'll talk about it after. Yeah, we can do after, after hours. hours. By the way, plug for after hours. Our after hours were a little behind, but the I think the after hours was fun on the Chris Smith episode. The after hours for the pre-show planning is boring as hell, but this episode <laughs> is going to make a lot more sense. <laughs> 
Anyway, it's not boring. It's all it's all content. If you're it is, if you're here right. to listen to your favorite people talk about things, mm-hmm. we we do it with we swears. Do. That's right, with swears, yep. and it's free. Mm. It is that. Well, this we, is free too, but you should still. charge for it. And those are the kind of conversations. <laughs> I, by the way, I have listened to another podcast where they're doing their March Madness about directors and trying to figure out which director they're going to talk about next. And they put it behind the paywall and it was entertaining as hell for me to listen to their process and figure out how they're breaking down the brackets and the thought process behind it, which is what that after hours was, right? which I think would be entertaining, but people don't find it because it's free and people don't value things if it's free as much. Yeah, as Well, and I think by it. definition, it's not for everybody, you know, right. but it is Very for true. some people, you know, it's true. Just like a certain hotel. <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm, I'm steering the ship now, Jimmy. Just <laughs> um, but Ayers, Ohata- Ayers Hotel Orange is available on concierge.com. It sure is. And I enjoyed staying there. Thank you, Mr. And everybody Ayers. Uh, sorry mm-hmm. to gender, misgender. Um, yeah. This gen- so this generation's broken. <laughs> but I think if we did put it on Patreon and I, I know that Eric's or Jason's constantly looking for Patreon content and we keep saying, here's Patreon content. And he's like, no, <laughs> so but i think it would be good if it was behind the paywall and it, and people would probably listen to be more likely to listen to it if it was behind the paywall because they per, they perceive value if they're paying for it i'd i'd be interested to hear what his downloads are for uh for the secret show mm-hmm. it, for instance because i'm one of the, I, I think all of us are the people who have we're some of the crew that have listened to the secret show live, mm-hmm. which is something that you get as an exclusive um, on Patreon. But uh, listening to it after the fact, I, I wonder how many downloads there have been because, um, yeah, I, I mean, if we, it's we if it's the same, if it's the same amount as what we get on Facebook, then maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <clears throat> anyway. OK, so uh, we have a, another uh, an, another edition of our favorite new segment, Dan's Food Review Hoarder Highlights. Uh, hello. Uh, yum, yum. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Today, it's a tale of two steaks. That's right. Ooh. Which one will win? By steaks, I'm talking about the steak you put in your mouth, not the one that you put into the heart of a vampire. Um, I had oh. a steak at Wine Country Trattoria and a steak at the Blue Bayou. And which one do you think won? Trattoria. Wrong. Blue Bayou. Oh, ooh, whoa. Trattoria for a theme park steak was not bad. Blue Bayou was a good steak. Is it, That's all. Did the, atmosphere, but, did the atmosphere make it taste better? Oh, that's a good question. Oh. Um, the segment's way longer than usual. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. <laughs> And we have a new segment this week. It's Dan Eats Crow. Sorry, sorry everybody. <laughs> Dan Eats Crow. We're going to we talk go. about yum, the yum, healthy yum. that crow. <laughs> Taste it. <laughs> so, the Halcyon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Halcyorhan. Okay. <laughs> or what did you call it? The... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's the uh, Galactic Times Dinner Theater. <laughs> <laughs> Which it kind of is. It kind and of is. I, 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 so I saw some of the videos. I don't think it sucks. I think it sucks for me still, to be yeah. honest. I can't see myself enjoying 
that and like I said in our our message I'm I'm and I'm learning this about myself too I'm much more into like the ambient space and I don't care about the linear story. I don't really care about the characters. <laughs> Sociopath. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I think I would be personally, I would be very focused on those little things. That's like, yeah, but I can still tell I'm in a box truck and all that stuff. I could see but, you with the data pad though. I could totally see you get, getting into the data pad and break. I think down. maybe half a day. I think maybe yeah. for, for me personally, half a day, but I think that it it falls in the same category of things where it's like i didn't this is such a weird example but hey um <laughs> when hostel came out, oh uh good it was, right it was something where i was just like there's no way in hell i'm gonna enjoy that because i don't enjoy what that thing is doing but it looks like it's doing that thing effectively and i'm glad it exists for the people that want that so um I think someone who is such a big Star Wars fan that they will just enjoy a Star Wars thing happening to them. And I don't mean that critically because I'm just not that person. I think they would really enjoy it. And I, So I, you think that David and I will have a good time when we go? Oh, are you really? I think By the way, will. talks have reopened. Okay. For a while there, David was like, I, I don't know, man. But if well, you I split it, will. yeah, if you split it I, after having watched it, I do want to talk a little bit about it, but I went from like uh, being uh, ashamed <laughs> or embarrassed for you <laughs> to being jealous of you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't mean, so Eric, I think we've talked about this more off the podcast than on, but we talk off the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's you. I, I Behind don't the scenes. <laughs> Like I'm not, I have the, I have DCA issues because I'm not really who that park is for, but I understand it's for a person. I'm just probably from what I can tell, not that person. I don't hate it. It's just like, I don't really get, I don't like fun things. Like we've talked about before. (laughs) Um, It's really true. I don't enjoy things. It's too enjoyable for me. Well, it's not even that. It's just like, I don't enjoy something where it's just like, here, this is fun. Enjoy it because it's fun. I'm like, well, I want more. I want that ambient stuff. And I think that you and David as people who do enjoy fun things and DCA and like, yeah, I think that's who it's for. I don't think it's for me. So I just want to summarize it Mm -hmm. just real quick. Here's basically the the gimmick is it's a, it's a cruise, right? And that's cruise ship pricing and it's kind of all the things you do on a cruise ship, including an excursion. But we didn't quite know how all of that, how all of that was going to work. So basically check in, it's fully immersive. You've got dining times with a three course dinner that you don't have to pay for. You can pay extra for the captain's table. Uh, There are characters like nonstop and there are stories and your group has a story and that group has a different story and a different mission, but it's all kind of running concurrently to the same the same end or the same means to the same end, whatever. Um, It's basically an escape room meets a murder mystery party meets a giant video game. Yeah. Constantly. It's just, it's nonstop. Your agenda is set for you and you just, you don't know what time of day it is really because it's constantly dark because you're in space. Uh, All the star Wars theming is cool. So if you're not a huge star Wars fan, but you like escape rooms and that sort of thing, you'll like it. If you're a huge Star Wars fan, I think it does it 
service. I think it serviced it well. I agree. I think it it's a great experience. Then you go to the excursion, which is part of everybody's agenda, and the box truck doesn't feel like a box truck. It feels like a shuttle. And you get there, and you've got your own little private entrance, which is like a new part of the, the land. And you've got a concierge that's sitting there saying, hey, you buy something. We'll bring it back to your room for you. Here's a bottle of water. Uh, here's you know your your magic band, essentially. Once you scan it, you get free food here. You get free drinks at Oga's, which is part of your agenda. Go, we need coaxium, so go to the Millennium Falcon. When you scan in at Millennium Falcon, Hondo Anaka's pre-show announcement before you board the thing changes and says, hey, you're on that fancy cruise ship that just landed. And yeah, then you and go do Rise of the Resistance. It's it's really <laughs> cool. And then you go back and they give you a cold towel before you get back on the ship and let you cool off and on a bench and that kind of thing. And then you just nonstop Star Wars light tra- lightsaber training and another meal and grab and go breakfast. And it's just it's really like a cruise. Yeah. And I think you're right. It is cool. But for me, and I'm sure there's other people out there like this. I can't be the only one that's like this. Uh, I hope not. Um, I I just know myself and I know like I'm watching those videos and I'm like, oh, that sounds scripted and I don't like that. Or, you know, like just little dumb things that I know are stupid and nitpicky, but I know that I just can't, I wouldn't be able to, like, I would know that it's a box truck and I just like, I was the box truck. And like, here I am in this environment that I've been to a bunch of times and it's like, Oh, we're just going to put this veneer of a mission over it. That sounds stupid, but I love that it exists for the people mm-hmm. who aren't broken in the way yeah. that I am. You get a you special know? badge that, that just delineates you from the regular guests, you know, the Halcyon badge or whatever. But having said all that, it looks very cool. Not for me either. It would stress me out. I'm on vacation. I'm spending my $6,000. I don't want to have an agenda. <laughs> like when I think for you, it'd be a big FOMO issue. You would, you wouldn't like, yes. you would probably not know which direction to choose because you would want to see everything. That's also true. But yeah, what it does, that I, well, ahead, that's Eric. something that I get in, in this sort of like role playing game where you have to start choosing, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hang out with these characters like, like mass effect or, um, or Dragon Age, any of these these games where you have d- different characters that you can interact with and have as part of your your main party, I always get to that point. Where I'm like, oh, that guy seems cool. Do I do I want to have? Do I want to pick that guy over the other guy? What what choices am I going to make in my speech? But really, uh, ultimately, you you get done with it and you say that was cool. I'll play it again. Um, I don't. I'm not saying that necessarily. You would want to uh, go spend another six thousand dollars and say, "Okay, this time I'm going to do the first order side." Well, but I that's they the, would, they that's would need the to conceit. change up the narrative. I think that's the conceit, though. Is I think there are so many narratives that you can go back and do a different narrative every time that keeps you wanting, you know, come back. Now, right? They have to have something like that because right. otherwise, it's the one time thing. And yes, the price point is high, but Disney has proven how many times that no matter how high they set yeah. the price, we do it. We right. say, yes, I want more of the the expensive thing. I want to have a $25 cocktail. Why not? Well, and I think I think actually the price point for this seems reasonable and uh, not reasonable, but I think a lot of the like, reviews that I've seen and the videos are, they always address, is it worth it? And they, by the they way, all s- the videos you're seeing are people who didn't pay Jack. Right. 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 <laughs> but, and, and a lot of them are saying like, is it worth it? Well, 
for we're mega fans for this so yeah we would pay this we are we're we're playing we're paying the six thousand dollars in two weeks right but if you're not way into it then no it's probably not and in fact i would knowing that i'm not its target market if it were say half that or maybe even if it were let's say within my price point I would probably pay it and be like, Hey, I'm going to do this cool thing to see this cool thing. Cause it's new. And I want to see the new thing. I'm a, you know, theme park journalist, all that. And I'd probably just sit there steaming the whole time being like, right. I want to go to Epcot. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and for me who likes the bubble and all that stuff, it, it's great, but I am not contrary to whatever anybody might believe. I am not an extroverted person. I, I I'm, I'm like an extroverted introvert. And I'm in a situation like that. I'm sitting back in the back and watching. Like I'm not participating. It gets so uncomfortable when people talk to me, like in a, in any kind of environment like that. So I would not participate. I guess I'm like that. Well, I think we're all all three of us are like that. I'm definitely an extrovert in a work situation where I need to be, and I've learned how to adapt yeah, that way. Absolutely, me too. But it makes me so uncomfortable. Right, but I mean, I'm the sort of person that when a character walks up to me at a Disney park. Uh, they they're pantomiming things and I start pantomiming back because I don't know what to do. I'm right. That that awkward. But I don't know. Something about this Star Wars experience makes me think that maybe I could interact and not be a complete awkward weirdo. Like, yeah, because there's plenty it, of awkward weirdos around you. Right they're, they're We're all awkward weirdos. And to Dan's point, this is a, this is different than Galaxy's Edge, where two weeks after they opened, people stopped saying bright suns. Yeah, that's and, that's what I'm afraid of, which gets me to my question rephrasing at what point, because you're pricing to a very, very specific group of people who can afford it and can afford to go back. This group of people we've seen are getting it for free. Starting next week, you're going to get people who have to pay the money for that, you know, hypothetically the same experience, but you have the same actors. I'm sure there are multiple captains or whatever that playing the same character. Seems to be, yeah. But having to do that over and over and over again as your job for eight hours a day, you know, I, 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 when does this become a hotel? I think as long as they can refresh the story. I think I think it actually has a pretty long life to it. However, I don't know if they will or not. Not at this price point. I I don't see it because I see the the appeal. And Eric, you said it yourself. Those cruises are freaking expensive. Like the cheap ones are four thousand dollars for, but that's four days. And I'm going to the Caribbean, and I'm immersed in that, that environment, and I can go do those excursions. And I still get you know I get four days of free food and four days of sun and ocean and whatever. But, but people are paying ten grand every year to go do a seven day cruise. So I get that there are people, but for thirty six hours to spend that kind of money, I do, I think that for this, it's not about the vacation. It's about the LARP. It's about the yeah. And I think that I think Jimmy, you and I aren't those people necessarily. I can play. I kind of can be because I have a little bit of improv brain, but then. I also have that thing where I question the sincerity. If it feels scripted or planned, I'm like, no, I'm out. And that's, that's part of why mm-hmm. it wouldn't work for me. But, and, and like when we were, when we saw the mad tea party at that California adventure, I was like, yeah. they've done this, they've done this routine too many times and it's showing. Mm-hmm. I think that as long as they can keep it fresh, they've, they've got to change the timeline from 
you know, this weird place between the two movies. That does not make any sense. Yeah. And and the whole conceit of Star Wars, it was a long time ago. And so right. how is it that you're not only time traveling, but also you're living, you're performing in the past. Anyway, all that aside, um, I th- my prediction is it will go about a year and a half at this level. And then it will change. The price point will drop. And some of the experiences will drop. And there will be a little bit more, you know, pay to play situations like that. I think that's where it's going to start. And then I think it'll be a hotel where it's pay to play everything. It's a it's a menu you have to pay for. It's a come and go as you please. It's a you want to do lightsaber training. That's 50 bucks a person, whatever. I think you're probably correct, but I hope that what they do is they keep it at 6,000 or thereabouts. That's starting. And, and right. But refresh it and, you know, how, you know, get, get a writing, get, get some writers in there, get some, Mm -hmm. have the actors contribute to like, actually have it be a a living thing that eventually, you know, and maybe, you know, in a year or so will be like, you know, star, star Wars, you know, galaxy star cruiser, uh, and then like colon and the the adventure of Chewbacca's nutsack or, or whatever. Sure. But like <laughs> because a lot of what you're saying, it's just actors doing a thing. It's not right. a, a, a thing that a bunch of people have to go and spend millions of dollars to reprogram. So they've you know? created a, a vessel that is pretty good. Just like but they also did the same thing with like World of Color. And how often does that change? I think that that's kind of my concern. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's a media presentation that even though you say, oh, it's really easy to just click a few a few buttons and it'll it'll change or Toy Story Mania, where, it, again, they've changed it once. How hard is it to add in new characters and new animations? Easy. I Somebody has right to create now. those and it and there's no call for it. But when it comes to a hotel like this, where most of the presentation Yes, they've got the screens in as the windows. They've got the screens, um, you know, at the bar in your in your room. All of those things are easy enough to change. But the main component here is actors, and they're already. Right. That's why this thing costs six thousand dollars. They've got a bunch of people there as actors, and for two days they have to be in character, and they have to remember who you are and the interaction they had with you yesterday. And they say it's it's more than your your cruise line where. You have the same waiter every day at your right. table and he says, oh, hey, I know you liked that uh, that steak yesterday. Do you want do you want to get something similar today? Uh, that happens all the time on cruises. Right. This is These are actors who are saying, hey, yesterday you did that cool thing and you had this fun response. And I remember that these people have to be on point for two days. And I'm sure that they the, the model is that they're going to swap these people out. They're, they're not there all week doing the same right. thing. Yeah. They're probably a couple days at a time, but since it's so actor driven mm-hmm. and costumed characters and everything, I think it it's actually fairly easy to swap. Yeah, that's in what a I'm new saying. Story. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't have to change technology. Another right. cool thing I liked about it is that there's a, like on a cruise ship, there's a map of the galaxy and you can kind of track where you are. And like you see you're nearing Bespin and you look out the window and there's Bespin, that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that's yeah. pretty cool. And that's something that is easily programmable. But And they have well, a bingo I mean, night that's like bingo, but it's that's different planets in the galaxy. Yeah, and that's card. just about – and then so, so swapping that out would just be a matter of saying, okay, we're going to try to find another game that we can Star Warsify. That's simple. And I think we are kind of – we are – 
kind of dangerously discounting the role of like the animators who have to like do the window stuff. But I mean, there is that. And yeah, but I don't think the window stuff has to change because that's no, not the story. It doesn't. Yeah. I think it's, it, but it could. There's a shootout at the end. And yes, it could, but you could even have that same final battle sequence the same every time and just different story yeah. leading up to it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, good on you, Disney. It looks like you succeeded so far in what you set out to do, which is an unprecedented experience. None of us have ever seen anything like it. And, and Tom Corliss loved it, except oh my he God. did Ooh. so many inappropriate things on that video. I, did, really I didn't to... watch Tom Corliss because I oh, get no. just bad. Oh, my yeah, goodness. I, I won't. He threatened children with choking through force oh, choke. Jesus. And that he can't sounds like him. Uh, Corliss, yep. come at us, Corliss. We won't yeah, beef right. with you. Bring it. Bring but it, this has been Dan Eats Crow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Suck it, Corliss. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to. Yeah, nope. All right. So we're I'm not allowed invited. to legally. I think it'd be wonderful. <laughs> we're not legally called. Well, yeah, it would give us more listeners for sure. Uh, but we are up 26%. Yeah, since last month. So thanks. And that's when I started addressing Corliss. There you I, go. I, on just imagine the video. Seriously, like that would be these funny. Pe- these people said this. And I was- <laughs> <sighs> All right. I don't think we're legally allowed to call it March Madness. Like we can't call it the Super Bowl. So this is our uh, not February for Madness. We we that was our pre-show pre-show. This is the pre-show pandemonium instead of madness. It's pandemonium. We have 32 pre-shows in eight regions, and today we are going to break down the Sweet 16. Here are the eight regions. They are Wildcard West. It's a museum. It's just a safety spiel. Physical animation. And on the East Coast, we have Video Backstory. Interactive or Undefinable. A show before a show and Wild Card East. So we are going to go through each of these each of these regions and decide the winner of the Sweet 16. And we're gonna start with Wildcard West. Dan and Eric, here are our pre-shows. Okay. Toy Story Midway Mania. Uh-huh. Jungle Cruise. Fantasmic. And the Mexico Pavilion. Now the, in order to become a pre-show, this is anything. I thought about this today. Anything that happens before the safety spiel, or like before the, like the buckle your seatbelts portion, right? For example, the reason Rise of the Resistance is not on this list is because if in fact the ride starts when Finn tells you to buckle your seatbelt, then that is the best pre-show because that includes. The, the Ray stuff, oh, so much. the yeah. ride, the stormtroopers, blah, blah, blah. So that wins. So this is the best pre-show that is not Rise of the Resistance, but the, that because that ride starts when Finn tells you to buckle your seatbelt. All right. I don't know if I can keep Oof. this up. <laughs> well, you don't have to. <laughs> and again, I want to, though. That, okay. Yeah, but, but again, that's, that's, that's a distinction that you two have agreed on. And because... <laughs> Because I am who I am, I have to remind everybody that I think the ride begins with the pre-show. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Wildcard West, the Toy Story Midway Mania versus Jungle Cruise. Now, this is Jungle Cruise 
period because they're both the same. It is a cue, but there's a little bit of pre-show in the cue where you've got music, you've got some announcements and that sort of thing. And I believe in that episode, I think we decided or Jeremy decided and we didn't want to fight. So we decided <laughs> Disney World is better. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's Toy Story Midway Mania where you have, I think, again, are we doing uh, both like the aggregate of Toy Story Midway Mania where you have... I Mr. think we're Potato doing Head. an aggregate. So yeah, Ms- I, I, if we want to, should we go in and say which one initially we think? Yes, Midway Mania. I'm going to go Jungle Cruise. Oh, by the way, uh, Midway Mania is specifically Disney World. Ah, okay. Because that's, that's the name not, of the ride. Well, that's Toy Story Mania. It's not Midway Mania. It's only Midway Mania at uh, DCA. You know what? It's a regular <laughs> we're, Orbiter we're Orbiter. Off to a great start. <laughs> Orbiter. Right, so my initial is, is Toy Story Mania. Dan says Jungle Cruise. Eric, what do you say? Uh, if we're talking Walt Disney World, then Toy Story Mania. Yeah. Oh. So, and the reason why is because of the... Now, the queue... Not a, is not a pre-show, uh, but the cannot be discounted with all of the the pieces, the the game pieces. You're walking through Candyland. You're walking through all of your childhood memories. There's a barrel of monkeys throughout, and then you you have a scene with Mr. Potato Head. He's singing you songs and giving you a little exposition and that sort of thing. That's why I say. I think I so I think they're both just detailed cues, um, and a lot Pretty of the much. wild cards are kind of just because we needed some buffer so we needed a few more yeah um i think can you turn far- that slightly down a couple notches <laughs> down eric um is that possible <laughs> uses a zencaster so. you know the answer <laughs> which is kind no. of <laughs> oh that's louder <laughs> it goes up there, oh, there we okay, go okay there we go Perfect. Oh, that's nice. Um, no, and then turn it, turn it off. off. Just turn it down. Well, that's fine. That <laughs> works out, too. Thank you, It'll all be done in post. There we I go. Think, Perfect. I think, so, given that conceit that they're both just uh, detailed cues, I think, I agree that the animatronic is cool, but I think there's more overall stuff that is specific to the experience of the ride. Uh, in the Jungle Cruise. So you're saying because there are butterflies and pith helmets and ropes and things that in the queue, it is more it is more immersive than walking through the line of Toy Story. Toy Story Midway Mania. I will say it's just the Barker, and then there's a few yeah, ride posters. If, if we're doing if we're doing Disneyland, but I think we specifically thought Disney World. But but yeah, we're doing yeah. West, so right, it is in right. fact. Disneyland. Uh, we that doesn't actually work out for a lot of this stuff. But <laughs> anyway, the point is the point is that that the uh, um the the queue for Toy Story in Florida is incredibly immersive. I'm not sitting there watching boats go by and get loaded and just kind of waiting in line. And it, it's it's boring to wait in line at Jungle Cruise. It's a lot more engaging with a lot more to see in Toy Story. I agree. It's you're already toy sized, and there yeah. are fun game pieces and board games that your children don't know. Okay, um, and, and, I mean this is going off. in a direction that I kind of think a lot of this will go in because for me, a good cue or a good pre-show 
is in service of the ride it's the ride experience I agree, itself. and I think that Toy Story does it better in this case. That's fine. I All right. Yeah. We have 32. Um <laughs> All right. The next is going to be Wildcard West Fantasmic and the Mexico Pavilion. So Fantasmic is a pre-show at Disneyland with a floating barge of banjo playing um There's, you know, it's a jazz band. jazz, it's jazz band, band, right? It's the dude with the banjo. To, I'm not discounting it. I'm just trying to remember what they're this called. This next song's about how much I dislike the new people that moved in next door. <laughs> and then the Mexico Pavilion as a pre-show to El Rio del Tiempo slash Grand Fiesta Tour. I say <sighs> Mexico Pavilion at the outset. I I can agree with that. I mean, Phantasmic is fun. It's great that they have a band. It doesn't really have anything that plays into Phantasmic other than it's on the same body of water. And the the spiel, welcome to Phantasmic with the most jarring opening that a person can ever experience. Um yep. You mean the overwhelming nightmare. Well, no, the fact that 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 and you you've never sat and watched this, have you? No, I have not. Okay, so <laughs> you haven't experienced the pure joy of waiting for this thing mm-hmm. on a a, uh, a a tartan blanket from six o'clock to nine o'clock, and then suddenly, welcome to <laughs> yeah, it's, it's loud, jarring. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm I'm thank you for losing the music. I think we got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Add it in later. Yeah. Um, it's uh, still so, playing. It, I, I don't know. Uh, fine. So I'll here's just delete the, all of the music. Here's the thing. <laughs> all the hard work that I do for you, Jimmy. Oh, not for, for <laughs> us, for the listener. Nothing is for me. I'll do um, it in post. So let, let me I will reframe say, though, it this way, Dan. Yeah. Is, is it fair to say, because we talked about this on our Fantasmic episode, that going on Tom Sawyer Pirates Ireland, is that considered pre-show? Because you're hmm. watching that same area transform. So it could be that all of your I, time I, in New Orleans Square Frontierland is pre-show for Fantasmic. I think if I wanted to just win the argument, I could probably get there, but I don't think so. But I will say that because you're seeing live performers and because you're seeing them do jazz music, which is ideally improv based, the the opportunity for it to change night to night is there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a themed environment goes, yeah, I think Mexico Pavilion, mm-hmm. but um. Because if we're talking I, I, honestly, about I don't, the conceit of the pre of the the pavilion being the pre show, right? And I I don't necessarily agree immersive environment with that because yeah. the it doesn't do anything for the ride itself other than be a lobby for it. I'm changing my vote. I say Fantasmic actually has a pre show, mm-hmm. which is a floating barge of good music and the atmosphere. And everything else, it is and more yes, deliberate. Is involved. I, I will allow that there is a deliberate effort for something to happen, as opposed to a passive. You are standing here now, and it's not intentional. Yeah. The Mexico Pavilion right. as a pre-show is not intentional, right? The pre-show I, I think, fantastic. I think, is I think that's that's the word. Is the, the deliberate the deliberate nature of it? Okay, fantastic. Fantastic versus Toy Story. Listen to that episode on March twentieth. Uh, okay, now the it's. A, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going. Wildcard East now. We have mm. Mission Space, mm. Kilimanjaro Safaris, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, and The Land. 
Again, these wild cards are wild for a reason. Oh, yeah. Mission yeah. Space actually Mission has space. a pre-show. Mission Space and Kilimanjaro Safaris both have sort of an expository pre-show. Mission Space's pre-show used to be Gary Sinise. It's the exact same verbatim pre-show. Safety spiel, blah, blah, blah. Um, but with a different person now. I'm going to go with, so in our initial vote, I'm going to say Mission Space, and I'll talk it, about yeah. why after we all do an initial I'll vote. say Mission Space as well. Yeah, Kilimanjaro is, there's there's audio, um, but it it's used not, to be better. It's not as, yeah, it used to be a lot better. Story. There's a lot more expository things. They talk about different animals in Africa. They talk about poaching. They talk. They set up that that ride really, really well. They did do, and now all of that's gone. Little Red is gone. The 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 Simba one. We have watch us. Like all that's gone. So I think yeah, Mission Space is just it's a nice immersive thing. And as one has to do anytime you do anything at Epcot, there is Horizons homages. I think it's actually a there's a set piece from a movie in the queue, but, but that's queue. And the reason why I'm going that's with Mission point. Space pre-show is they because they have to they address the possibility of vomiting, which is yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. And you do in yeah. fact have barf bags in front of you. True, and it's it's yeah, it's the end of the line. It's yeah, a that's true. Deliberate it's before video. You get on. Yep. Instead of some stuff, some audio that plays, that, that plays, and then video of random animals that you don't learn about. Um, yeah. Yep. Mission space. Okay. Uh, the seas with Nemo and friends, and the land. Now, here's the conceit. Here is the seas as an attraction. Getting there with Sea Base Alpha and all of that pre-show at the time, but now what we're saying is getting to the seas is the ride, mm-hmm. the conveyor belt ride of you know little the Finding Nemo. That's the pre-show versus the land where the land is the pre-show. To well, you have a Soren? ride in the form of an escalator. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. But, if, if, if I forgot where we landed, I guess we'll have to listen to After Hours. But I think the seas, I think a conveyance. I, th- I think Art of Animation kind of opened that door a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I also think Art of Animation is different. No, that's and a different we'll category. We're going to talk about. No, that. no, no. I know, and we'll get there. But yeah. um, for me, initially, uh, you know, just to be fun, because I know where you're going to go, I'm going to say the land. But I actually think the seas. <laughs> Wow! Uh, yeah, it, it, if in fact it's getting to the seas and sea base alpha, if if that pre-show is actually the ride, then yeah, that wins. Eric, Eric, long pause, longer pause. <laughs> yeah, I, I still think the seas, the land, the, the, there's so much going on in the land, and even the rides in the land don't have a good pre-show because. Yep. You're walking down along long hallways, weird, weird locations inside the land. I love the land, but I mean, yeah, of course. And unless you're considering the the show with pre- Phil Dumphy trying to sell you Earth as a pre-show, I guess. But even still, um, okay. Now we're going to get into categories we actually thought through. <laughs> uh, back to the West Coast, we have it's a museum as a pre-show. Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln versus The Hall of Presidents and Mission Breakout versus American Adventure. Also, if you're that special type of listener that I have been before for other shows, screaming at us that some of those are not on the West Coast, remember this is 
the conceit is that it's the February Fat for Madness or whatever. Yeah, February okay. for Madness. Yeah. Okay, great. West yes. of the competition. Yeah, just because of how brackets work. Um, yeah. It's the west side of the page. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mr. Lincoln versus <laughs> Hall of Presidents. Okay. I say Lincoln. I say Lincoln. I agree. Now, Hall of Presidents actually has, it is a museum. It actually True. has the official seal of the president of the United States. It's one of only two places in the world that has an official seal of the president of the United States. Is that right? I believe you're correct. We'll yeah. get there on that episode when we actually do those two attractions, when yes. things are less maybe ever t- turmoil. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some really legit stuff. There's legit museum items in the Hall of Presidents. However, it is a rather confined room and you know, there's not much more than that. The issue I have with the Hall of Presidents pre-show at the museum is it is a glory. Oh no, I just realized where I'm going to go with this. It's a glorification of the presidency, and I think that we already deal with plenty of that. It's it's shouldn't. Anyway, uh, it's and it's kind of like, hey, here's a you know, here's Richard Nixon's jockstrap from college or whatever, uh, and it's like. It ultimately ends up being every time I go to the Hall of Presidents in general, I kind of just it's just it's kind of just like, oh, I can't wait for American Adventure because it's yeah. this, but way better. Right. Which is, I think, later on in the. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Next one. So sidebar. I think that the glorification of Amer- of of a president, which started with George Washington and he was this uh, over large war you know general saved the you know, created the union and i think that that legend as the presidency which ultimately was the king uh just carried through generations and then the president got to be on tv it wasn't just a legend across the country or a legend that you know whatever i read about in the papers it can, anything can be written about i think now because the president's on tv and as i get older i realize it's just a man or, you know, eventually a woman, um, that we don't, I mean, some people still do because they were taught that they have to glorify their president. I don't think that the, the majesty of the office is dead. I think. Yeah. But public, public perception does matter. So yeah, sure. If a president gets up and says, you know, blah, 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 this is true. This is the case. But then the, the part of government that actually holds the power they're like, um, you just said some stuff. We have never said that that's the case. Right. Then you have a bunch of people who just believe this thing to be true. And it's, it's just hasn't been, hasn't been put into law at all. It's just, yeah. And as I've said, uh, truth is dead because whatever you believe is true is going to find you and sidebar. Okay. Uh, so I think we all agree that great most of Mr. Lincoln pre-show, it changes. Yes, it's a museum. It's a museum of Walt's office or was. And there's a really cool replica of the Capitol built out of Legos or something. Um, <laughs> there's the, the Disney, the Walt we Disney story. We got a spit take from Dan. <laughs> the, the Disney story, the all the different sites. It's great. It, it changes. And it's a great way to get you into that feeling of going into Ford's Theater. Yep, and we'll go into more. Okay, yep, we'll go into more when we do the episode. So, Mr. Lincoln, and then Mission Breakout versus the American Adventure. I'm not going to go first this time. (laughs) This is tough. 
American Adventure has um, has a, a great acapella group that sings. Yes, sometimes Voices have, of Liberty, Voices of Liberty, right? They have a museum off to the side that currently has um, a cool exhibit on jazz, often uh, Native American art and yes. artifacts. Um, there's a rotating exhibit, right? Right. There's a whole bunch of flags, historical flags, which I mm-hmm. think are, are pretty awesome. Uh, Mission Breakout has a ton of nerd things, including Figment and references to Marvel movies, Marvel comic books, things that we haven't even gotten to in Marvel Universe yet. It has a big video screen. And then it has an animatronic and story. It, Here's so what, what is it, say. Eric? Are you more of a uh, fan of our country or of Marvel, <laughs> which is fake? So we have a <laughs> we have a fake museum that has a lot more to find, and we have an American Patriot Museum. I'm going to say Mission Breakout because I like that conversation between American history and Marvel history better than I like American history versus American history. I yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think this will be a good matchup. I also agree Mission Breakout. It does set up the story better in American Adventure. You don't have to engage with any of that. You can just walk through if you want. Just walk straight through, not look at any of the art, not look at any of the the artifacts. The museum That's is true. off to the side. It's separate. You do have to see the flags as you go up the escalator to the actual show space. But as, but a, Mission- as a pre-show, the pre-show is the Voices of Liberty versus the uh, not entirely. Uh, what's voices his name? Of, well, Voices of Liberty aren't, aren't always there, first of all. True. true. That's true. But I think we're also discounting the museum itself, which I... Um, and I'm not going for this because of the, are you a bigger fan of America or not? I don't care about that. But I'm going with American Adventure because... Um, and again, this goes back to the ambient thing, I think, where it rewards passive... It rewards active attention very much and in in a way that relates to the show because the show is very much a rah-rah America we're all going to end after World War II which is a problem (laughs) with American history courses they all Mm -hmm. end after World War II World War II and the rest and the rest and it's there's not a lot of depth there but in the lobby there's all these there's if you actually spend time engaging with the exhibits itself, it's an it is an actual museum, and you can learn a few things that adds. You know, again, I'm going to say depth again. It adds some depth and nuance to the big bombastic rah rah America show that you're about to see. And because it is a big bombastic rah rah America show, you have that buildup of going up those escalators and seeing mm-hmm. all those flags and presentationally. For I I will admit that. Guardians of the Galaxy is probably a more fun and more cool uh, pre-show, but as we've discussed, I don't like fun things. Um, I think and I would in argue. service of the show that it is pre for, I think American Adventure does a better job. And I would argue the exact same thing for Mission Breakout. It, it, there's a lot of depth if you look for it, and it and it True. services the show, and Require, you're sitting in a pre-show but, with Rocket. But and, it requires that you actually care about that Marvel stuff. Well, or America. Well, everyone cares about America, Jimmy. <laughs> All right. I think we got majority rule. Mission Breakout <laughs> versus Mr. Lincoln in the Sweet 16. Going across the east coast of the page. Stop the steal. Show before a show. <laughs> this, show before a show. 
category is Muppet Vision 3D versus Runaway Railway. Art of Animation versus It's a Small World. So, now that's It's a Small World Disneyland, by the way. So, uh, Muppet Vision 3D has a pre-show that is essentially an entertaining show with the Muppets that, you know, talks about the story a little bit. It's kind of like, it's kind of like final dress rehearsal or like the the actors before the show is about to go on. The people who are presenting in the pre-show are in the actual show. And Runaway Railway has a similar thing where at the end of the pre-show of watching a cartoon, the screen explodes and you walk through the screen and you're now in the show. Uh, Jimmy, you haven't gone first in a while. What do you think? What your initial thought? <sighs> Muppet Vision 3D. Because I, I love that pre-show. I, I love that pre-show. I also agree. I haven't experienced Runaway wi- Railway in person yet. But It's cool. It's not as cool it's as It's definitely Muppets. cool. It's cool. Um, There's but so Muppets, many great gags in Muppet Vision. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. And my favorite, this is unrelated to the pre-show, but <laughs> the, Sam Eagle, it's a three-hour spectacular yeah. tribute to all <laughs> nations, but mostly America. Got a minute and a half. I actually, so I watched that last night, and I was thinking in terms of like, okay, maybe I'm somebody who is not familiar with the Muppets, or maybe I'm taking somebody who's not familiar with the Muppets. That pre-show, while not something that I think everyone would should go out of their way to see, um, it sets you up for, okay, this is the kind of humor yeah. we're dealing with. This, These are some characters. This is how they kind of bend reality at their own whim, you yeah. know? Uh, it, it's, it's a very good setup for... My only exposure to the Muppets, outside of, like, Muppet Babies and, you know, knowing Kermit the Frog was was I think Muppets Take Manhattan. That was my only exposure before I saw Muppet Vision 3D, mm. and I didn't need to know the Muppets in order to appreciate it. True. Right. Good point. Right. All right, but it Muppet does, it does help. It does help because... Yeah, in, it, well, it in, gets better the, the more you well, know. Well, yeah, and in, right. the sh- I, and in the show, the way that they're, they're like, they're, put, they're doing the really blatant 3D, yeah. just like they're messing with all of it, and I think that the, the pre-show gets you set up for that. And the last thing Jim Henson ever did. Um, okay, Art of Animation, It's a Small World. Now, we talked a little bit about it before, Art of Animation pre-show being the courtyard where you walk in and these massive, never-seen-this-before, wall-to-ceiling screens of Disney animation, you know, it can change, or it does change, you know, like different animation, different styles, different movies that are constantly on a loop. Or It's a Small World, which is an outdoor pre-show of spinning things and Mary Blair art and Raleigh Crump and yeah I didn't realize that these two were up against each other Mm -hmm. like I saw it but I didn't it didn't register until just now Uh, I I go with it's a small world for nostalgia for World's Fair for Raleigh Crump Mary Blair I go small world Dan's having trouble here I really This is tough because I want Small World to be in this, but I also want to put 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 forward the strongest competitor. Well, let me put it this way: it would be Muppet Vision 3D versus Art of Animation, or Muppet Vision 3D versus Small World. What's a better What's a better argument for Terrence? Small World. I want to see him squirm. Small World. <laughs> All right. <versus laughs> nostalgia. Muppet. Nostalgia on both fronts, really. 
So. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, all right, we're halfway but, okay, there. But Art of Animation, it's not to discount Art of Animation because no. it is really good. It's it really, really, good. really good. It's it's oh. breathtaking when you walk in that building. Yeah. And it's and total, it, it, it totally serves the It actually, ser- okay, let's be honest. It serves the purpose of a pre-show, I think, better than Small World does. Because it sets you up for, it gives you a history of animation and, hey, remember all the nostalgies. Yeah, like it, it, it. I think if we're being honest and we take away the nostalgia of it, I, th- I suppose. I th- but I, I, th- will- I, I think it's a stronger pre-show. Even though I did, I did argue for a small world to be in here. I think it, we it back on animation there. I, I and I think it does what Mexico Pavilion and the land could do, but it does it more effectively because it, it is directly related to what you're about to see it's a presentation of here's all here's all that animation can be remember all these fun feelings you have about it now you're Mm going to go and learn how to draw your favorite character you're going to get you're going to talk to a character yeah talk with an animated character who's live right and and before you know the shutdown you're going to go engage in the art of animation itself by you know seeing the evolution of animation it's but now it's, we're getting into the attraction a little bit too much. No, but 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 as a pre-show in service of the attraction that it's a pre-show for, I think it's way stronger. Should we decide that each of us has one veto? Because I could be mm. swayed. I could be swayed. If we want to decide that each of us has a veto, that's fine too. Uh, but I will counter and say that, yes, I said nostalgia for Small World, but also... The pastels, the color palette, the the just the feeling and the clock and then the toys coming I think, out that I think, that tells you what you're about to do. Very true. I think I think Small World clock as an uh, as a function of a piece of real estate at Disneyland is absolutely essential and it's it's breathtaking. It's wonderful. I could I love I love it. And when I'm writing it, and yes, I do write it as an adult. Um, uh, when you lick it, it. it when, and and when you lick it, um, it is kind of like you won when the little, little little show goes. It's like, yeah, yay! It's I get to see this thing, um, but it doesn't really do anything other than like, hey, here's get get ready because here's what the dolls look like. It's um, also something that you can enjoy outside and not enter the ride. I think for some people, well, that's it's true more enjoyable than too. the ride. Maybe. Art of animation. Once you're inside and you're seeing everything, you're kind of committed, right? I mean, you could leave. I think unless you're a weirdo pass holder, I think you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, final verdict. I'm going with animation. Eric, you, you've kind of swayed me on animation. Animation. Oh, all right. Changing it because we'll do it's a small world episode this... at some point. Oh, of course. This um, is okay. Really mess with with people's brackets here. This is, yeah. I think you <laughs> yeah. may be right. I have uh-huh. to look back at the bracket that I did before. But anyway, it's 30, 31 of these have to lose. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, we're going back to the west coast of the page, and this category is it's just a safety spiel, and we have Indiana Jones Temple of the Forbidden Eye versus its East Coast counterpart. Dinosaur. <laughs> Dinosaur lost in that episode, but is it's a, just a safety spiel in a pre-show sitting in that room with incredibly well-themed decor. You've got your Eeyore parking lot sign that's not there anymore, I guess. Um, 
And you know what and, else isn't there anymore, Jimmy? Hmm. The elements of the safety spiel that aren't just a safety spiel. Which oh, is really? why... They yes. didn't have the other video? Lately? No. I was oh. in that room for about 10 minutes. And I wanted to gouge my eyes and my ears out. So... By the way, I'm saying dinosaur. I was just paying homage to the Indiana Jones dinosaur right. as a pre-show that it's just a safety spiel. Felicia freaking Rashad. I mean, come on. It is and a then, better show. Yeah, it's a better pre-show. And that and it's more of a you're in this room. You're confined to this room. You're not going in a in a uh, what do they call that? The switchbacks. Um, and it's it tells a fun story. It tells you what the pre-show is. What I don't like that actor who is seeker is his name here's here's the part i don't like and this is just a an acting choice but it goes something like this like oh yeah your our safety coordinates oh yeah it's it's locked and felicia Rasad says she reprograms it and like he's locked out or whatever and then she leaves the room the door closes he's like oh yeah remember that thing we're in it's the stupidest thing. <laughs> it is like, stupid, but actually it, type something. Let's not pretend you're typing. Anyway, but yeah, it, it tells a story that we're not familiar with. Yep. Indiana Jones relies, the the actual pre-show portion relies on us knowing who Indiana Jones is. He's not even in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Dinosaur tells us a story and says, all right, here's, here's the new... Here's the new thing that you don't know about and you are now engaged with where we're very irresponsibly hurtling you back in time uh, to get eaten by a dinosaur. So I was on Team Indiana Jones and I thought, oh, for sure, this is going to win because it it does a really good job of getting us kind of ready for the world. It shows us that we're and it's the first time we get a clear indication that we are in a certain set time period and um, here's the here's the story behind the temple. Here's, you know, Mm -hmm. it it was found and here's, you don't want to look into the eyes of Mara because of this and this and this. However, all of that is gone now and it's just fasten your seatbelt and hold on. So dinosaur, because they were i mean i think that was an essential component of of indiana jones and i think it's an essential component of dinosaur too otherwise it's just like okay go on ride now figure it out stupid you know (laughs) uh okay so uh dinosaur is going to be up against either soren or star tours no this is an interesting one because effectively it doesn't matter which coast you're on they're the same yeah it's patrick warburton with the same exact safety spiel he had before it was soaring around the world um and then you have star tours which effectively changed a little bit because now it's an animated uh uh that tall actress yeah uh droid yeah and so it's a safety spiel uh, at this point, it's really about atmosphere. One, they're both airports or spaceports yeah. or whatever. Wow, yeah. Um, I say I've never liked the point of uh, the point in the safety spiel with Soren where Patrick belittles the man who has mouse ears on. I not, as a, as a bald because he's bald. Yeah, I know. And as a bald person, I love I love every single time, every time without fail. That in that moment I go because <laughs> he's bald. <laughs> there's a, do you say that out loud? Yeah, because there, I can't. There's a, there's a book called The Wisdom of Walt, 
and it's like leadership lessons of Disneyland and there's a Disney World one too. We'll have the author on at some point. Anyway, um, he says he hates that pre-show because of one thing, because Patrick Warburton, um, there's a little kid who has his seatbelt buckled for him through the loop, right? When you're a little Mm -hmm. kid, you have to have the belt buckled through the loop. He doesn't Mm -hmm. do anything. His parent buckles through the loop and Patrick Warburton (laughs) says, nice work, pal. But he didn't do anything. And that, so, I think that's the joke, though. Well, maybe. But that's what you said with the bald thing, because he's bald out loud. Every time he rides that ride, he says, he didn't do anything. <laughs> maybe that's not Patrick an argument Warburton's for or character is just a dick. <laughs> wow. Nice work, just, you greedy little bastard. Yeah. Give him a participation trophy. Um, so it sounds like it's Star Tours. Well, that wasn't really an argument. It was just a well, commentary. Okay, but le- so if you didn't listen to the, the after hours and who did, um, uh, which I don't know. Did me. you send me that? Or if I, anyway, which Eric, one? we'll need to talk about that. Oh, I, don't I haven't, think I I haven't have edited it. the most recent after okay. hours yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, when Sora <laughs> was suggested, my initial thought was, well, I guess a bad pre-show count. This is a pre-show. <laughs> and Star Tours, just to be clear, it's not we're not talking about the line, we're talking about the, the pre-show safety spiel, That's right. Yeah. Which right. also has some story elements, even yeah, if I don't like them. You get like to see them. the spaceship being worked yeah. on by droids. You get I think C3PO is in there behind the maybe yeah, not. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's he's getting he's getting in the ship and it, it sets you up for oh wait, C3PO just walked on the ship and now I'm seeing him. Yeah. See, so Star, I like Star Wars better than I like Soren as a franchise. So Star Tours for me. Yeah, Star Tours. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't like the quality of the animation or what they're showing. However, Star Tours. That would be Star Tours v Dinosaur moving forward. <laughs> wow. That's um, always fun when you see the next pairing because it's like, <laughs> whoa, that's a totally different argument now. Uh, Your attention, please. <laughs> Um, okay, East East Coast. We have interactive slash undefinable <laughs> test track versus Dumbo. I, and, I love this category. And haunted mansion versus conservation station. So <laughs> test track versus wild card part three. I know, right? So test track versus uh, versus Dumbo. Now Dumbo as a pre-show in Florida. By the way, uh, you're in a circus. It is a circus themed environment. It is, uh, what's the name of the land? It's um, uh, Storybook Storybook circus. circus. So it's a circus environment. You're under the big top, and you can sit with a pager in an air-conditioned room in a circus-themed environment while your children can run off and play, and you're sitting in air conditioning. That's, I think, what we're calling the pre-show. Right. doesn't really prepare you for the ride, but it is a thing. Yes. It but immerses it, it, you in the theme. True. Okay. 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 And then test track as a pre-show, you get to design your own vehicle that your design impacts the performance of the vehicle in the ride test track. And you get a video at the end based off of what you did. That's correct. In the pre-show. So test track. Well, it doesn't impact the experience of the ride, but it impacts 
how your car performed based on your design. So but if you, you designed don't a, actually ride the thing, it just says, oh, by correct. the way, here's how your dumb you thing would have done. Yeah, effectively. But but it is the performance of the vehicle virtually is impacted by how you design the car, which is, is why I say test track. And it works with your magic band. Yeah, that's true. Really pay attention to thing. that. Here's here's okay. So I watch both. I've been on test track. I have not been on Dumbo on the East Coast. I think at all. Um, however, I was watching a video of it and thinking in terms of like this isn't for adults Dumbo isn't or I mean I, I guess it is in the sense that like all the, the whole family can enjoy it but let's be honest right. Dumbo is for children um, Dumbo's for babies and if you like Dumbo <laughs> as an adult you are a baby Whoa. Tom Corliss um, anyway so, <laughs> come at us Tom, Corliss <laughs> this just in Tom Corliss Please. is a baby um, <laughs> he really is though he <laughs> like a baby anyway uh I could actually see myself for the age that it's for enjoying the pre-show more than the actual ride. Oh, for sure. As as an adult, I I enjoy the pre-show more than the ride. And I think that it does it does help. I mean, everything's circus themed. Dumbo's in the circus. Mm-hmm. It fits. It's just it's not it's not as cool and tech wizardry as Test Track cuz I, I mean, I I guess test track, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you get to make a car, but realistically, you don't really do... It doesn't impact anything other than like, hey, numbers. I think the idea was probably for you to design something that you actually ride a virtual... Like, the the stats of it actually impact the ride itself, but I think someone realized that that would be impossible with so many different riders in the car. Um, that would be cool. Yeah, um, it sure would be. But I feel like it's the pre-show is it promises a thing. And then the delivery is kind of like, eh, what else do what'd you expect? Fair. I think that that might be argued for both. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think Test Track is a is more of an Im- interactive thing for everyone. Whereas with Dumbo, it's interactive for children, but n- I mean, and parents can enjoy it just in the fact that it's air conditioned and I'm sitting down. Um, but the fact that everyone can design their own vehicle, it's cool technology. You can make, you know, you can do the Homer. I, yeah, I think it's still more, more related to the actual ride. Agreed. It's still a better setup. It is a pre show. And by the way, this is going to probably go against Hundred Mansion, so we can just move on. <laughs> I mean, Conservation Conservation okay, Station yeah. has a train, okay? No, it I does. Uh, so, are we saying Test Track? I mean, you two are. Which two is of fine. us yeah, are saying two test out track. of three. Yeah, Moving that's on. Fine. Um, okay, so Haunted Mansion versus Conservation Station. Now, let's. Conservation Station is a not a little known attraction, but it, it is a part of Animal Kingdom where the actual like animal doctors work on the animals from the safari and they work with scientists and and like try to learn new technologies and and heal animals and do surgeries and that sort of thing and there's some other interactive elements of conservation station the pre-show as the train that you have to get on to get to said attraction is kind of cool haunted mansion the attraction is when you get on the doom buggy everything that happens before 
is the pre-show from when you get into the lobby with the portrait, get into the stretching room, watch the whole stretching room. And by the way, this is Disneyland, not Disney World. Um, they are different in that the Disneyland's pre-show better. include. Yeah, we've decided the Disneyland pre-show is better than the Disney World one. That's what we're arguing here. Yeah. Um, so the you, you know you get out of line, the the switchbacks in the queue outside. You get into the pre-show, the pre-show, the stretching room, the hallway, the changing portraits, the moving busts, all of that before you get into the Doom buggy, right? Versus getting on a train to go to a boring. Um, science lab there's a petting zoo there too jimmy there is a petting zoo that's correct <laughs> but we're not arguing the petting zoo we're arguing arguing the train right what is it uh, like the, the train you can see backstage <laughs> yeah you can so, see backstage and you can okay. see so uh, the, the the train not to discount it too much but the train does show you like the cages of the animals when they're off stage so it's a little behind the scenes i'm really torn um, here as because an experience one is a ride and the other yeah. is well, well one, both are a ride you're rides. on an elevator uh so my initial thought is and how dare you for making me go first on this you trapped me into it i felt it oh, when it let happened. me let me no let me no, no, haunted mansion <laughs> <laughs> the only reason i have any hesitation there and i could be swayed i'm i'm just i'm i'm really torn between conservation station the best part of the whole thing or the most enjoyable, the most attractive part of the attraction is the pre-show. But I don't know if that helps the attraction itself. It's just because of how far off the grid the attraction has to be. Because it has to be like in the back of the safari. That's why there's a train instead of a giant walkway because we're fat lady Americans. Oh, so hmm. you're saying that they it's should It's a distance thought, thing. So, so what you're saying is that just like the uh, the box truck issue, they, th- they should have thought it through a little bit better. So yes, I'll, that's I'll that's effectively it's a convey- <laughs> it's a conveyance because it's too far away. It's also a little awkward when you have to take that train back. You have to take the train back, and that is just it's uh, like on the way there, it's like ooh, cool. There's this stuff, and on the way back, it's like oh, backstage. Oh yeah, you're right. And no, yeah, you know, I yeah, I think I've done that one time, and I remembered the ride back was. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it is, uh, yeah. So Haunted Mansion versus <laughs> Test Track on the next episode. Okay, back on the west coast of the page. Smugglers if you're Run. North, oh, this. Oh, by the way, <laughs> this is yes. This is the physical animation bracket. We have Smugglers Run versus Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Ray. Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. <laughs> You, and we have the Tiki Room at Disneyland yeah, versus the you. Tiki Room at Disney you. World Magic yeah, Kingdom. Do this. Hey, you barely so, did it in the episode we did about this. I know. And, I, and part of me feels bad, but then another part of me is like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> so we'll start with Smuggler's Run and Buzz Lightyear. Now, uh, this is physical animation, which means there are animatronics in the queue as the pre-show. And Smuggler's Run has a very great... Uh, a what is it? A one hundred animatronic of Hondo Anaka and Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin specifically has a etch a sketch and a Buzz Lightyear with the projected animation face. Projected animation face is uh, not my favorite, despite it being despite it being a pretty well articulated animatronic. Yeah, coming from um, Garner Holt Studios, but. Yeah, I think I mean, the Hondo the, is so great. 
I think the projected face thing is maybe going to be a thing that we look back on and go, oh, so that's why we don't do that anymore. Um, yeah, but I think it's really effective when you're doing animated characters. Oh, like, I, I, you know, I, I agree. Elsa but, and the dwarves and that kind of thing. Right, but when you have like when you have the the red cannon go out in the in the projector, it looks real bad. Um, oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and and to your point, Eric, the cool thing about Hondo is that he can interact with both sides of the queue, not simultaneously, but but it's pretty effective how it just kind of goes back and forth. You're affecting more people. More people can see it at once, maybe. But it's a and cool Millennium Falcon. And the Millennium yeah. Falcon. Falcon. The Falcon yeah. flies in. You've got a little bit of Chewie that's right. prelude. No, I mean, you go into the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Yeah. But as a pre-show, as a physical animation pre-show, I say Smuggler's Run. Right. And I'm saying that you're, you're not incorrect, but we're also, I feel like, once pre-show starts until you get to ride, that's uh, all pre-show. Good point. So, yeah. Standing so in, being oh, in the Millennium Falcon, a good which point, Dan. that would be detailed queue if we weren't already in the pre-show, but we're in the pre-show. So now detailed queue counts because I said so, and that's a new rule I made up. Okay, great. Um, do you agree, Eric? Smuggers I agree. Run? Okay. Yeah. Tiki Room Disneyland, Tiki Room Magic Kingdom, Tiki Room Disneyland. I'm going first. Eric? Eric. For the sake of argument, again, because we, I didn't get a chance to judge anything that episode, <laughs> the very first episode, where I said, oh, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I guess if you're not going to do like the show we talked about, I, yeah. I guess I'll just, I'll just sit here and wait. Um, <laughs> I do enjoy, I enjoy the pre-show at Magic Kingdom. It's set up with the, with multiple lines so that you've got a tiered setting so you can see the animatronics. I like the waterfall that opens up. You've got the birds inside. You've got fire. You have a little... It, it's... I will admit, the the Disneyland show has more Polynesian flair. It talks about the the gods of certain certain areas, but Magic Kingdom is still, is still fun. It's something you want to see and you have a good opportunity to see it, it's not just happening behind you. You're aimed toward it. When you're waiting for those doors to open, you are seeing the show. And that is true. It is a, it is a pre-show that you're watching, and at Disneyland is a pre-show that you're immersed in. Right. It's all around you. And it's a very casual garden that's very tropical. You've got the different stories to your point. There's this over there and there's this over there and there's fire and there's water and. And it's better at Disney. It's better. It's better at Disney. I agree. I, but I just I, wanted to talk about Magic Kingdom a little thank bit. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I, I watched. So I, I watched the video for that one um, because well, when Dan, I, before, before you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Disneyland's pre-show has always been Disneyland's pre-show. No right. Hollywood agent birds ever. Right. Ever Phil worked. Hartman, though. Phil Hartman. <laughs> well, yeah, and some some could argue it's the original pre-show. It could, that's a good point. That oh. not that's not to say that it makes it automatically the winner or the best, but, but I that's think that's interesting. It's set something. a precedence, right? Yeah. Huh. So I was so I, I watched the video for the, the Disney World one, and initially I'm watching. I'm like, ha ha, ours is better. And I saw the the beginning of it, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no, this one might be better." And then the birds started talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, I thought I was gonna have to like 
turn around and <laughs> defend my own thing again. No, no, no. I I think that it and then but I also started thinking about it and like it 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 is more of a thing that's happening to you and I I understand that it's built for capacity and for that reason it makes sense that that's what it is. However, I miss I and I remember going there and, and seeing a little bit of it and just being like, ah, I don't need to hang out here. And the Tiki Room Garden at, at Disneyland is like, it's it's the Tiki Room Garden. It's like, it's a vibe. You, Let it's me a, also it's a total vibe, and it rewards uh, close attention, which I think is a really good feature of a pre-show. Here's the other thing: final tie-breaking, if there is one, There's at not. Disneyland, I can buy my Dole Whip, sit and enjoy the pre-show with my Dole Whip. At Disney World, I must finish my Dole Whip before I enter the queue. And at Disney World, do you learn anything about how pineapples are sure canned? No, nope. you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Disneyland's Tiki Room is going to go against Smuggler's Run. All right, final oh, that's bracket. so weird. Jimmy just turned into Johnny Carson for a second. <laughs> <laughs> weird, wild stuff. I don't do, I don't do Johnny Carson. Um, uh, all right, so final bracket of the evening. We have video backstory. That is Rock and Roller Coaster versus Web Slingers. Tower of Terror <laughs> versus Flight of Passage. Oh, man. Okay, first things first. Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith, where Aerosmith is in a recording studio, finishing listening to a song they wrote 30 years ago. <laughs> and uh, Web Slingers is Tom Holland's Spider-Man on a video telling us about his scientist stuff and then the spiders take over and, 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 and. Which, by the way, Tom Holland's performance in that is good. It is good. Yeah. True. And not to say that Aerosmith is... They're bad. It's bad. It's, <laughs> they're bad actors. Well, but they're not bad. actors. So, yeah. They're okay at being themselves. That is true. But, and here's another thing that I don't like about the pre-show in this one. Like I mentioned with Seeker with the, like, insanely fast typing and all of a sudden problem solved. And this is a visual reference, so I apologize for all of you listening to this, that Fran Drescher or whoever the actress is it's as their Drescher. agent says, number one, she says, I hate all of you, which I think is harsh. I, it's not, it's nitpicky, but whatever. And then when she's like, she's calling like, need a stretch. And then she goes, a super stretch. Like, like she's counting, but just wagging her finger back and forth. Like she's counting all the people. It look, It's just dumb. I don't like it. Anyway, uh, that is not my choice. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Um, that's a good point. <laughs> I, as I'm, as I'm searching through my notes, trying to find the name of that actress. Friend Rusher. Yeah, um, the, uh, friend the, the podcast the ride guys know it off the top of their head and they, they oh, know that engineer and all that stuff but um we are emanating um <laughs> ileana douglas there we go yeah. Ileana douglas. yeah everybody remembers uh, i don't know why i'm at such a standstill on this i i i think i'm just trying to figure out a way to say anything positive about web slingers because i dislike that ride so much um I, I'll tell you what, Dan, Web Slingers feels, despite the fact that technology is so much more advanced, it feels more like a screen than does the Aerosmith ride because True. it's behind this backdrop of a recording studio behind a, a window, essentially, whereas Tom mm-hmm. Holland's supposed to be in the room with you. He's not supposed to be behind a window. And you're so close to it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, we, you know, so it's like this depth perception advantage that... Rock and Roller Coaster has 
What? It, it, yeah, it is a little uncanny valley too in that sense where it's like, I feel like I can tell what they were going for, but it's just not. It's not there. Yeah, kind of like the and, ride. <laughs> Honestly, it's <yeah>. like. A- <laughs> So, yeah, it's newer technology, and there are a lot of cool things in that room. And yeah, I, I mentioned really. a couple of, of – if you listen to the episode, <laughs> I, I pointed a, out some – There's a vent with another screen. <laughs> no, there's a lot of stuff in the room with Peter Parker. I I, I didn't talk about it when, on the Chris Smith episode, but there's a bunch of stuff. And there's two of them. There's two rooms. Right. Um, and there's like, there's a claw machine and in the claw machine is one of the aliens and there's all kinds of different Marvel Easter eggs in the claw machine in there. There's, I th- there's a lot I of stuff. Th- I think maybe that's the, the, the vibe I'm getting from it is it's like, it falls into that category that I keep talking about on this and other shows where it's, well, it's creepy ball where it's, um, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's trivia, not theming. Like that's there's fair. a difference, you know, like, yep. and, and I can feel the difference and I, and I feel like it's an insult when they try to say, look, we did this thing that's imagineering when it's just, no, you just looked in a book and you saw a connection and there's no reason for this to be here other than you didn't have anything else. Um, fair. And, um, yeah, you're right. I, I I totally agree. I say rock and roller coaster is better. You've got the the recording studio aspect of it, and the fact that there is depth and it, they're meant to be behind a mirror or a window, and that window is the screen. I just it does it better. It's more effective. And right. It sometimes does, it does it does account for the existence of a screen. I didn't think about right. that. And sometimes um, there are like cast members that are in the recording studio, and when he says, "Can you get my Black Les Paul?" The guy is like, okay, cool. And he picks up the guitar. Have you seen that before? It, it's been a long time. I've seen it a couple I'm of sure times since they've but, done that. But the fact that there's that live interactivity element of it too for the realism is better. I, so, I, I, actually, I've never seen that myself. But, well, you know, we I've never seen Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean either, but it happens. I don't think so. It, he does. <laughs> He's in there right now. He's there. Sleeping. You have seen videos <laughs> online of that, right? Of Johnny Depp in Pirates. Oh, I've seen the videos. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Sleeping. Okay, rock and roller coaster. Rock and roller coaster. Okay, coaster. yeah. All right, last one of the evening. Tower of Terror. This is the East Coast version, obviously. Versus Flight of Passage, the video backstory pre-show. Mm. So, in Tower of Terror, the video is a uh, a Twilight Zone parody of of an actor who sounds like Rod Sterling, where they take some components of actual footage from Tower of, excuse me, from Twilight Zone episodes. Mm-hmm. You're in that room, and there's the backstory pre-show versus Flight of Passage, where there are, I think, are there multiple rooms where you're being scanned? My hands don't scan? It's just the, <laughs> just the one scan room. This is the one scan room, and which accounts for if there's some technical difficulties, like you have to do it over again or whatever. But it, it it's kind of a guy in a lab, and he's telling you all about it. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? If we're skipping, if we're leaving out the queue that has yeah, much just more the going pre-show. on with all the science experiments and a large animatronic um, Navi in a tube. I say Tower of Terror because Flight of Passage, it's it's kind of a throwaway. You do get to see 
it, you do get to see someone saying, here's why you're doing this. And it, you get a little bit of a continuation from the movie, which is, I, I guess, for people who like the movie, that, that's kind of interesting to see the story continue. Oh, we're continuing the science. The Avatar program is still continuing. We're right. interacting with this planet and it's and it's diverse ecosystem. And here's what we're doing now that the war people are gone. But it's still pretty much just a video. Tower of Terror, you're in a room. It, the effect of it, using old footage from the Twilight Zone and redubbing it is great. Mm-hmm. The, the moment when the lightning hits and you see that in... You see the lightning from the window. The lights go out and all you see is that TV screen floating and just utter blackness. I love that moment. It's so great. There are so many little Easter eggs around the room. Although, I mean... There's good sound design moves, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great sound design. Flight of Passage is, okay, you're going to go on to a thing. And here's why you're going on to the thing. And also, here's how we can stall if the previous group is taking too long to get out of the room. I think, yeah, yeah it sounds like it... In, and with some of these, it's the same thing. It comes down to innovative and, in air quotes, cool versus serving the story. And, you know, I think... Yeah, I watched the Flight of Passage thing, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cute. It's, it's, it is legitimately, like, True. on its own, on, on its own, not putting it up against anything. It's like, oh, I see what they did there and why they did it. That makes sense. It's very functional, and it is, it's, it's clever, but I think that for all intents and purposes, the, the pre-show for Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Taste It, is, um... <laughs> The story begins with the pre-show, which is, again... Right. And you get that nice ambient space after the the library where you get to, like, hang out and hear weird spooky sounds. Right. It's Boiler really, really Boiler good. Room. The whole thing is really good at building tension. Mm-hmm. And that, that whole ride is tone, anyway. I mean, it's a drop ride, but basically it, it, it lives or dies conceptually in how much it can get into your head, just like any horror thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a real, it's really effective at doing that. So, uh, of course, uh, Avatar. No, Twilight Zone. <laughs> All right, Tower of Terror. I mean, Terror. Avatar, you can see a heat map of yourself. That and is true. Si- which I since love. Since we're going... Yeah, <laughs> it, since we're going with the other one, I will relay a story now, because who knows when we're going to do Flight of Passage and what it's up against. Oh, my God. But, I think when the new uh, Avengers yes, screen yes, ride opens absolutely. up at Disneyland, that's so 2025. Okay. We'll okay. be doing. And well, there we go. Flight of Passage is going to win. So, Flight of Passage, my one of my favorite times in that pre-show area. Uh, we were there, and most of the time, people just kind of silently and awkwardly stand there. And when the, he's like, "Move around a little bit," and people are like, oh, "Okay, what do what do what do I do?" There's a bunch of strangers, and we were there one time with this family that was rowdy as all get out they were laughing they were having fun um and they're all jumping around and they they made it they made that experience a lot more fun but my favorite part of that particular moment was when they get to the the end of that that sequence and they show you like here's the avatar you're being paired with they just put a bunch of different like navi faces navi faces on the screen and next to yours and this this big guy with a beard goes 
Oh man, I'm a girl again. <laughs> Was it you? <laughs> no, I, that, that's awesome. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> but, that's, yeah. so, um, that's good. That's funny. Is it? Is that in the pre-show? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. I thought you just you were there one day when somebody says that. Oh, okay. So, that's funny. because it might be some time before we get to this ride, the Avatar ride well, is. I just want to ask because I've never, I haven't, I don't think I've been to that coast since it was open. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I trust that it's good. I trust that it's a good ride. Is it as good as everybody's saying? Yes. It's okay. pretty, pretty great. So here's, okay. here's what I was going to say about that is that a flight of passage is to Soren as Everest is to Matterhorn. Okay. It is the spiritual successor. Okay. So it's possible because the Soren Soren v Soren is a stupid episode. So because Soren is a brand new attraction for Disney's California Adventure, however, California versus World would be an interesting conversation. No, <laughs> I mean yes and, but no. Um, so meaning that the, the, that discussion would be about the Land Pavilion versus the you know the hangar or whatever. And it would be which long everything hallway else do you same. want to talk about? Yeah, it, it, everything else is effectively the same. So, could we do Soren v Flight of Passage? That would no. be interesting. No, I don't think so. Yes, we and could no. just for the chance to talk about yes. both of them. <laughs> yes, and no. Um, Flight of Passage, well, though. To to your question, Dan, the first two times I wrote it, I wrote it, I I couldn't. I was completely fooled by the thing they do at the start. It was so okay. convincing. I did not understand how where the screens came from. Yeah, it totally. was only when I deliberately did what you're not supposed to do. When I looked away from the flashing light that you're supposed to stare at, where I went, oh, that's how it works. Because I had to know. Because the first two times, like I, you know what probably happens. Right, you're so completely sold on it that my goodness, it, yeah, it just completely worked. It's yeah, so okay. great. It's, okay. it's it is as good as people say. Um, I, are, and is is Soren not as good as we once thought it was? Because I don't think it is. Well, no, because of Flight of Passage. But I've never been on it, and I don't really care about Soren anymore. Soren's I, I Soren's a, a place to go into the air conditioning and sit down for a few, for a very short period of time and have yeah. your feet dangle beneath you, which is relaxing. you still have a sense of flight. I guess in Soren, and I have a better sense of flight in Avatar. Yeah, maybe 100%. it just doesn't have a lot of legs on it because I, I, I when I go no, to it doesn't because you're flying on a <laughs> no, but the, like a real when, hang glider. When I go to the park, I don't. Soren is not a priority for me at all, at all. But if I go some, if I go there with somebody who's never been or doesn't go very often, it is absolutely a must do. So I think maybe right. it's just. It, there's like a limit to how many times it's kind of like honey i shrunk the audience it's like eh, i've already done it five times i don't really need to do it again so here's the thing about i think what to eric's point is that in soren i'm sitting there staring at a screen and then yeah. i sit on my thing and i fly up and i'm in the screen yeah versus flight of passage where i'm in a room and then instantaneously magically i am in pandora mm. you can i don't feel see the- a screen you can feel the mighty Ikran breathing. The mighty Ikran. That's why there are no legs, because you're on the mighty Ikran. Okay. 
So that's why I argue at this point we can move on because show's over. But um, I think Soren <laughs> Hi, versus Flight of Passage <laughs> is the answer. Okay. So if you have filled out your bracket and you did not submit <laughs> before March 5th, which was the deadline to get uh, Mr. Smee or whatever his name is from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Kevin Kevin McNally. Neely? Neely McNally, who is Kevin Nealon from Saturday Night Live. Kevin Nealon. Um, <laughs> so if if you submitted and you were right, which, by the way, one of our listeners and I agreed on the final, which I won't tell you what that is. Um, but if you get that, you get Kevin McNeely. If you did not get it and you didn't submit it, but you want to submit before March 20th, based on the information you know now... If you win and you get the final answer right, whoever gets the most answers right has a choice. We're going to do it. Spin the wheel. And your options are. No, you don't get a choice. We're spinning the wheel. Yeah, and we're spinning. Pops yeah, up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever yeah. pops up. Here are your choices. So, Eric, do you have any music for me? Um, oh, In, wait. I, I will. Okay. Later. Fine. I deleted okay. all no the music. Worries. That's fine. So. Also on Cameo, you have Didi Sorvino, who is $1 on Cameo. Martin Blinko, who is Cameo's co-founder, $2 on Cameo. He'll respond in 24 hours. Joey Ambrosini, it's an actor, $3 on Cameo. I think you see a trend here, so I'm going to stop with the prices. You have Andy Peak. He's an actor, TV host, comedian. Uh, you know, when people have that many titles, they've got to be good at all of them, right? That's right. Uh, Nathan Meeser, he's a content creator. What kind of content? Maybe he'll tell you in the Cameo that he sends to you. <laughs> David Arthur Sousa, he's an actor, and he looks very much like um, that guy, uh, Jared Leto. Uh, John Philip Sousa's grandson? Yes, why not? I can only hope. Um, Ahmad Lucas, TikTok creator and comedian. Uh, Aaron Ozy, who he is an author and he looks very much like uh, the kid from Superbad that actually I should know his name. Um, Emily Peachy, she's an actress. Thon Voltron? Voltron? Ooh, Voltron. Voltron. That's a good You one. could get a cameo from Voltron himself. <laughs> He's an actor. Tristan Wilson, as we teased in the previous episode, he has a picture of him with Goofy, so who knows? Maybe he's connected to Disney in some way. We have Lily D. Moore, and we also have Steve Gutenberg. All right. So those are, if you did not submit, but you submit before March 20th and you have the most right, including the winner, those are your choices that you don't get to choose. Uh, as, a, as a reminder of where we are now, we have 16 pre-shows left. They are Smuggler's Run versus Tiki Room at Disneyland. Dinosaur versus Star Tours. Mr. Lincoln versus the Mech, uh, Mission Breakout. Sorry. Toy Story Mania versus Fantasmic. Rock and Roller Coaster versus Tower of Terror. Test Track versus Haunted Mansion. Muppets versus Muppet Vision 3D versus the Art of Animation, and finally Mission Space versus the Seas. That is oh, our man. sweet sixteen. This is I just be looked rough. at I just looked at my own like like off the cuff predictions, and I uh, 
I was pretty far off on a few of them. <laughs> you, you, you're broken already. All right. Yeah. Yep. I I picked Indiana Jones. I picked uh, uh, Mission Breakout. Oh, no, I guess we guessed Mission Breakout. Uh, I picked that one. I picked Mexico Pavilion. That's a, that's a good one. I picked. One. Uh, f- I picked uh, Flight of Passage over Tower of Terror. I picked. Um, that was the same. And yeah, that was. Oh, I did not get Art of Animation. I picked. Oh no, I picked Art of Animation. All right, I'm pretty close. I'm doing all so, right on my own. So bracket. you're saying the listener who is very similar to you is also going to be very disheartened hearing this episode? Uh, we just got the same final answer. Yeah, they got oh, there okay. D- okay. In, a, in a different way. And okay. I don't know if you'll be surprised at my final answer, but you will find out on the next episode. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I didn't well, do. I didn't do the bracket myself. You should. Mm. But your choices of cameo have really been. <laughs> now my chances of getting Steve Gutenberg are very slim. I'm not. I am not doing it because I want to have the conversation be the conversation. Yeah, it I just out after well I, you're doing that. Yeah, after I created the bracket, I just I didn't think about it at all. I just right. wrote yeah. them down. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. So, um, yeah, concierge. So here's the thing. Here's what happened. I have two parties currently planning to go to Disney World, Disneyland the last week of April. Mm-hmm. And one of them booked a package. The other one did not. But I am doing uh, uh, dining planning for both simultaneously. They both texted me last night or Friday night about dining reservations. And um, the one that booked a package, <laughs> I did not do anything for because I conflated her with the other one that's doing didn't do a package. Point is... I'll do dining reservations for you, even if you didn't book a package with concierge. Uh, and what I'm going to end up doing for the, the package purchaser is a mouse dining alerts to get to get her into what what she's trying to do at Disneyland. Uh, yeah, eight five six works out well. Yeah. Anyway, everybody wins. Maybe. Uh, also, we have other shows on the network. You have the ears up and the ears up in depth and the scraping the vault. We just are. We just released a few days ago the episode where we did Encanto, mm-hmm. which is an interesting listen. Most everybody's probably seen this movie, and we we don't do a you know beat by beat breakdown. But Dan did a really good job, so we can't use the music, right? And I couldn't sing at all. So what Dan did was he found the inspiration for that particular Colombian themed music. And we had that playing when we were talking about it. It was really well done and unplanned, by the way. He did a really good job. Um, so that was fun. It's an interesting listen. I was kind of surprised at Dan and uh, and Audrey's reaction. Yeah, you, was, you you were very frustrated. I was very frustrated. <laughs> Let's sneak preview. I was very frustrated. Wow. Um, no, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that. And then there's the, the, the banter... Bantham Milk. Milk. Bantham Milk podcast. They have a new trailer. It's do they? It's really rad. Yeah, it's painted like uh, <laughs> Boba Fett. So nice. it's a it's it's a downgrade in a lot of ways because it's a horse trailer as opposed to uh, an old RV, mm-hmm. uh, the rusted out RV. But oh, right. it, it does look more Star Warsy. So that's good. Right. Is it good is them. it a box truck? It is not a box truck, no. Well, and if it gets cold, they can use the dead horse that's still in there. It's, it's, oh, God. <laughs> wow. Yay. Hey. The, uh, how big sticking- of fans are they? <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear from Rob. They dress it up Shortly. like a tauntaun. 
I thought it was dead on the outside. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking of podcasts, uh, posting uh, for the first time yesterday, March 4th, I have a new podcast. Oh, yes. Is it Um, on the Ears Up Podcast Network? No. (laughs) I'm sorry. You're cut off. Whoops. (laughs) No, go ahead, please. Um, Yes, I'm plugging my my own show. Um, One would say I'm plugging myself. Uh, I have a new show called uh, Whoa, <laughs> a new show called The Hub Crawl um, with uh, my friend Teg, who does DL Weekly. Uh, we both have podcasts, and now we have a podcast together, and it's a round robin show about all things Disney. We uh, have two guests on each episode, and we ask each other questions about various Disney topics, parks, movies, whatever, and we all get a chance to answer, and it's a good time. It's I actually be on it. You will be. Nice. Um, everybody I know will be. So if you want to be on the show and you know me, reach out. Um, I'll get you on there. And even uh, if you don't know him, it's if you e. Johnson at concierge.com. <laughs> yes. Get to know Eric. If you have opinions on Disney things, and basically everybody comes in with their own questions, so all, all four of us will have a question. We pose it to each other, and we answer, and it's a good time. And it's that only like a half fun. an hour. And how can I find said podcast? It will be available places where you can listen to podcasts. Ooh, like Spotify? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm, I don't think podcasts. I mentioned it to you guys, but when I post our shows on Megaphone, uh, there are alerts that come up now with the new Spotify podcast rules. Oh, <laughs> New rules, <laughs> huh? Why would we need new podcasts? Thank you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm sorry I spread misinformation. That's Phil <laughs> Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's E. Johnson at concierge.com if you want to be on his show. Uh, I'm Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com. That's where you'll submit your brackets. Now you have a leg up, and that's Dan at earsup-podcast.com. Mm-hmm. It's email Eric. He'll probably send you back a more friendly email. Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, so that's our Sweet 16, and we will see you on March 20th for the final winner of the best pre-show pandemonium. Until then, be good to each other. We'll see you real soon. to see people email dan yeah <laughs> just I just want to random see responses random comments <laughs> questions hey dan how do you feel today just send them random pictures <laughs> off the internet dan, dan what's uh what's your latest reservation <laughs> oh how yeah how many reservations do you have on may 4th 14th? an embarrassing amount <laughs> that's good my dog's going to be ready the whole show. I told Dan it's going to be a lot of up and down because she is in prime time eating mode, but mommy's <laughs> not ready to feed her yet. So, all right. I like that you call yourself mommy. It's cute. <laughs>
That's going in the credits. <laughs>